Damien Lillard ain't staying important. He's getting the hell out of there. And Russell Westbrook getting the hell out of LA. There you go. Nah, he's going to pick up his player option and go wherever they Oh, hell no, to. he ain't. He's getting out of there. LeBron James don't want him there. He's getting out of there. No. I'm... Okay, really quick. I, I'd i love to see the Lakers... I, I have a scenario where the Lakers and the Blazers trade the players. Westbrook is on an expiring contract next year. He's going to take his player option. $47 million. Lillard is up in the same number area. Oh, they got traded together. That'd be good. That's what one I'm another, saying. For one another. So it, it'd probably be more than Cal- that. Portland would ask for a draft pick or whatever. But in this scenario, basically, Lillard goes to Los Angeles, obviously. And Westbrook goes to Portland, who's tanking anyway. And then he's expiring. And they don't have to worry about paying anybody anymore the $50 million range. So that opens up. Portland's already said. They're on record. They're trying to open up their tax flexibility and their salary flexibility. I think it makes perfect sense on paper. Whether or not that actually happens, whether or not Portland's interested in taking on the Westbrook conundrum, we'll see. But um, I really like that trade for both teams. 100%. I agree with you. We'll see. Okay, so uh, this could get interesting because... So Zion Williamson uh, is a pretty hot topic across the board. You could go a lot of different directions. I just want to start with, do you think he's coming back this season? No. No. Just that easy? I mean, there there was a report about him needing more surgery, I think that came out. He's or overweight. He had a setback. He's out of shape. Yeah, he's not interested. Don't care. Now that McCollum's here, and they can kind of get through this season, they'll uh, reset with McCollum and whoever else they've got. Because I haven't really been following the Pelicans. See, I like Jackson Hayes, but anyway, that's he's a head put. case. Yeah, I think he's a little bit of a uh, a hothead. Yeah, but. Uh, Takes one to no one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so see this guy over here throwing shade already. It gave him. Uh, thanks it, for coming. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Goodbye. <laughs> Answer your question. Yes. Okay. I agree with you. So you don't think he's coming back? Nope. Doesn't care. Not interested. And you're you're out on it as well. I I, I think they've sort of been a little bit hesitant to give the full report on it like they did say he got re-injured we've seen it games he may be the james harden where he's packing on like seven jumpers but <laughs> from from all of it i don't think he's coming back that's a good point that whole james harden thing i remember making a joke he looked like he was wearing a fat suit um i don't understand what was going on there but anyway um yeah if he came back I think the Pelicans would be a, a legitimate threat, but I also don't think he's in game shape. It doesn't really make sense for him to come back, unfortunately, as sad as it is. Um, I think there was a stat that came out. If he didn't come back this season, he will have played only three more games than Greg Oden did in the same time frame. Not to say that we're going to have the same type of career because Williamson, to me, is bound to, to get back in sh- I think he should get back in shape not to say like it's a good idea but that he should like i think he's headed that direction i think he'll be motivated to play better and become a better player especially with mccollum around yeah mccollum brandon ingram yeah valanchunas you can take or leave even though i love him as a player um but i guess the question to that point do you think he cares enough to get in shape I think there's a mental aspect same to the ben simmons thing i think there's a mental aspect that yeah. we don't know about that's been kept out of the media um He's a very shy kid. He will. There's all reports before his high school days and his Duke days. Uh, I remember, like I said, a, a friend has met the guy. He was very shy, very laid back, but he'd go out there and yam on guys at 17 years old. Just launch and yam on guys. He was 17. a man in high school. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy, the kid was always going to have high rate talent. He was always going to be high up. But yeah, I agree with you. But there's a mental aspect to it. And New Orleans are not the team to either come out and blow it up in the media, but they're also not a team to push somebody past where they're not mentally ready to do those things. They're not an organization to do that. They weren't doing that to AD. They ain't going to do it to... to they protected AD a hell of a lot, and they're going to protect Zion. He's got uh, 
10 million for the next two years, like 10 million for two seasons. He's played 85 games in his 85 games in his first two seasons. Like the Pelicans are in a pretty crap spot. Like they're 23 and 36. They're not with McCollum. They may try and win some more games, but they're not going to get a high draft pick. So effectively, they either throw all their chips in and go, all right, not we're shutting you down for this season, but let's reassess, you know, get back into basketball shape or make sure you're healthy before, you know, we can fully get this. Then in the off season, let's see who you feel like in the thing. Or they just go, we don't want you to get so far destroyed that we can't get any trade value for you. Because even coming off 85 games in his first two seasons, even after not playing most of the season, there are teams that are still going to want to put big money. Like the New York Knicks. Which I think is a terrible option if, if they keep Thibodeau. If they keep Thibodeau, that's going to be a terrible option for him because he's not used no, to there, people There's saying, notes there, McKenzie. Can I, you see through paper? No, no. I, I, but here's my thing. Do you think... I might from, from a small market team, do you think he's going to take the mellow route and go to a New York, a big market team, and try and get money, try and get good marketing, try and get all those sort of things? And so, therefore, he's sort of not hamming it up in Pelicans, but because they kind of made terrible decisions. Hamming it up. <laughs> as, look, he's eaten a few hams. Like, yeah. He's, he's what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, and like 300, 6'7". So... Unless he gets someone in his corner, like a Moses Malone, and I know Barkley wow. said it a whole lot, but I like that. Uh, unless he... And the thing is, we don't know how much AAU ball he has played that's just... Like, whether his knees are just so brittle that he's going to be a, a Blazers... Um, what was it? Bowie? Odin. Ray Golden. No, yeah. But who was the pick that they picked before Jordan? Yeah, Sam Bowie. Oh, Sam, Sam Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. We don't know Sorry, if... Bowie. If his knees, if his body is just so far destroyed as a result of all his, you know, AAU, college ball, yeah. all this, with his size and strength, he may just... That's a really good point. We've been talking about MVP with Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid missed his first two seasons. And I understand there was the whole trust, trust the, process, the process. But... Completely different narrative. It, it could be the same. He's missed a good amount of time. He comes back. And we see him in peak physical shape. He's had all this time to recover. And he just starts yamming on everyone and anyone. Next season, you mean? Next season. Yeah, that could be the game plan. Because, so what I was going to say was the, the problem with Zion right now for the Pelicans is you need certainty of what he's going to be considering how much you might want to invest in him, which is obviously the contract extension. So you need to see what's going to happen. You need to see that there's possibly a return on value a return on investment sorry so when you look at that there's a theory that's been thrown around basically try to trade him as soon as you can just take the sunk costs and live with your decisions from there that would be unprecedented i believe in nba history considering he's a number one pick he has a i believe honestly his ceiling is an mvp candidate if you watched him play last season Man, he was unbelievable. He's like a bowling ball that could handle the rock. He could get to the hoop. No one can stay in front of him. And yeah, if he jumps, it doesn't even matter if you can get in front of him in the air. He'll just sort of whip around you and still score layups and sometimes dunk. Um, so his potential is through the ceiling. But I love, I I think the idea of him getting in shape this offseason, so just scrapping this year and then getting in shape for next season is best case scenario for the Pelicans right now, but then they also have to make the decision of the contract. So it's like you almost can't have both at the same they time. They don't have to do that to the end of next year, though, do they? Not? They've they've got the player option for the next two years. But... but if you look into the contract situation and how that would work, if they take him on for the next year, they're incentivized to sign him to the extension versus him becoming a restricted free agent. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's the going. problem. So you have to make you almost have to make a decision in the off season. That'll be one of the main things to look for in the offseason. Okay. Zion's got to put up and shut up as far as I'm concerned. Can I can I ask a a random question? Finish it off. Go for it. Do you think the collective bargaining agreement has a mutual opt out in December 2022? And it's for the the like the 
full of it ends is 23-24 season. Do you think that the players, as well as the owners' organisation, will allow the collective bargaining agreement to go forward? Because I feel like a lot of these owners are like, we're signing players and they're just not playing or they're opting out. We need more assurances that guys that we sign are going to play for us or we need some more, like not reining in some of the sort of player empowerment error, but that fact of, I feel like all this sort of talk, I I think there's going to be another lockout. Yeah. um, I mean, I actually haven't, I hate to break your break your heart here, Josh. I haven't researched that a lot, um, but it's a great discussion to be had. I feel like the yeah the next there's going to be another lockout because I think the owners are going to be like we're paying these guys ridiculous amounts of money, and there isn't always the it's like the player empowerment era, which I actually don't hate. Like the players are they have like basically. I think the average is like a 12 year window to make all the money based on their physical gifts for the rest of their life unless you have a backup plan like a degree or you go on TV like Shaq, Barkley, etc. So if you're talking from a you have to have you have these competing competing perspectives and inevitably there is going to be a middle ground found but it's never going to make the other side completely happy and that leads to another law like I don't see this cycle breaking that's the problem but I, I would like to research that more and get back to you on that one Joel do you have any thoughts on the CBA? collective bargaining agreement point god chris paul he got it he'll sort it out yeah he's a smart man he's a very very smart man he's a smart businessman we said it before we say it again he ain't stupid he's best friends with lebron james he's gonna be a businessman he will be a head coach one day or he will be a general manager one day he'll sort it out but chris paul is about the players and making sure that they're looked after but also making sure they're paid he couldn't give a damn how much money Mark Cuban has, for instance. Yeah. He couldn't give a damn. Chris Paul is worried about the players and the players. It's like that thing he brought in about the injured players. There's an injured players thing that's just come in recently. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, long-term injury players or something like that. That's just come in recently as far as I can remember. Chris hmm. Paul, was, he was one of the main guys behind it all. Good for He's yeah. all about the players. No, he's Chris Paul's the best, but he wants to Chris play. Ball. He he wants to play. He don't want to sit on his hands. Chris Paul don't want to sit in there. He wants to get out there and play. Right. So just to close off the Zion thing, I was going to say uh, I don't think he'll sit on his hands like he's mentioned with Ben Simmons. Uh, that doesn't seem like his character. Although he could have people in his corner saying to him like, "Hey, look, you have all the power here. You make the decision. If you want to go to New York, if you want to go to Brooklyn, if you want to go to Los Angeles, like you could push your way out." Like, let's just get Clutch Sports in here and Rich Paul can sort us all out. Like, the amount of power that agency has (laughs) combined with, obviously, the LeBron resource. Like, who knows what could happen there. But we know that there's going to be recruiting. I said on a previous podcast that, and this is probably going to fall over, but Cam (laughs) Reddish and RJ Barrett being in New York could draw the interest of Zion Williamson because they all played together at Duke and they were actually really friendly. And they played well. well. Yeah, they they played really well together. And now as professionals... They should continue that. Yeah. So, uh, as promised, we have a bit of a surprise to close out the podcast. Um, first of all, we're going to play a game of Who Would You Rather? Now, oh, this Lord. is oh Lord. this is a game where basically your answer depends on who you'd rather start your team with. Okay? Franchise. Yep. Not, not who's necessarily a better player right now, who has had a better career uh, who you like more, whatever. Just who you want to start your franchise with. So number one, LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards. Now I'm going LaMelo. Wow. I have a tough decision. Do you want why or are you just going to leave it short and sweet? Well, you can give a short and sweet why. Short and sweet why. Less drama, higher ceiling, rate the guy. Ant's just all about his highlights. He hasn't shown fundamental you know, no, 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 your answer was Lonzo Balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying Lonzo Ball will give you at uh, least Lamello, people in sorry. the seats. I apologize, Lamello. He will, he will put bums in seats and get your team to watch. Get people to watch your team because he will show a highlight in once or twice a game. It's actually a really... And I, I made all of these difficult on purpose. I would probably <laughs> pick Lamello, although I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be a superstar if he's not already. He needs to get the hell out of Minnesota anyway. 
But I think he'll. St I think he's the type of player that's. Like, I don't care if I'm in Minnesota. Like I'm the guy. Like and him and Cat should be a good combo. But I would take Lamelo because I like players that can create off the dribble and facilitate and can see the floor and can shoot the ball. Minnie's a six pick, and, so don't and, don't. And, no. I just Lamelo has a pretty complete game already. He's 21 years old, I think. Yeah, I think he's and I'm admittedly like not someone who believed in him before the draft. I thought I, I didn't either. Based on his Australian highlights, I was like, this kid's going to be a flameout. Like he's worse than Lonzo Ball, but obviously it's translated and he's turned the Charlotte Hornets around. So can't say much after that. Okay, next one: Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley? I like Scotty Barnes. So I do, do I. And I love Evan Mobley. I'm going to go Evan Mobley just because you can't teach height, and and although like. Yeah, in our game, that makes a massive difference. In the professional leagues, it doesn't mean a hell of a lot. Seven foot is still seven foot. He's going to be able to defend whoever, like, not whoever, but it's a guards league. I understand that. But Let's come back to this in two years. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah come I'd be it. interested. I, I would pick Scotty by a very, 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 very slim Small margin, margin. Yeah. because I think Scotty has a chance to be, honestly, like a... At, at worst a poor man's magic johnson like i just think his wow. game is incredible his the IQ, best point guard of all time yeah i know and Whoa, i don't think he'll I be would go that that's a stretch mckenzie come on now i'm sorry i've got to start I'm with joshy here a poor man's magic johnson hear me out or a rich man's dream on green yeah that, okay okay yeah, yeah i'll go i'll that, go that one that i okay. put them all in the same box of like the what you can play any position man, 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 man. any position can Pass the ball like no one else. He's still got a lot to learn, old Scotty Barnes. Yeah, he's super young, so it's a lot of pressure to put on him. But I, I like Scotty in that, in that. Uh, Is that well. a rap, bit of Raptors bias there, Josh? I reckon I'm not, I'm not sure. Look, he's, he's I'm good. just pointing at the he's host good. right now. Like we're, damn good. We, we, we're gonna say he's good. All right. Next one: DeAndre Ayton or Jared Allen? I'm going Ayton. He's got a much better offensive game, and I think. Not I so agree. much you can bring in defense, but I f and I don't know you can't really teach defense, but I feel like if you have a big who is scoring twenty points, it's gonna be very scary. Well, let me say when Aiton was in college, he looked like he was gonna be David Robinson, and he had the offensive game. He was shooting threes. He was shooting mid range jumpers. His role has diminished, not in a, even a negative way, in Phoenix because now he's the pick and roll, defend the rim and even just chase guards around to intimidate them on the perimeter. And he's happy to do that. He's happy to do it. And I feel like I would pick Aiton as well. I'm just, I thought you'd have picked Allen because you love Allen. But I would pick Aiton because I think he has the potential. If you're starting your franchise, he could be your number one option on offense in most cases. Yep. I believe that. All right. The next one. This one is a bit spicy. James Harden or Kyrie Irving? Oh. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go easy. As a Houston Rockets native, watching him <laughs> native, native. No, sorry. As, as, as a Houston Rockets fan, Super I fan. saw him probably go from a super, you know, develop into the superstar to then a diva. But his rise was huge for us, yeah. and I feel like you put them both in the same position. I think Kyrie with his now mental health stuff not taken away from anything James Harden can just facilitate make other players better than Kyrie can Kyrie may be a better scorer a better one out three on three basketball player but if I'm starting my franchise I will want James Harden one quick note I should have made a preface of that <laughs> is that we are including the diva and the, the oh, extracurricular stuff that's you know what? I'm still picking James Harden. I'm still picking fat suit James I'm Harden. I'm glad you said that because now I want your opinion before I make Because But I'm glad you've made that clear. It has, yeah, it has to be James Harden to me because I've already said Kyrie. Like, I don't... I love Kyrie's game. I can separate what he brings to the game. Pure basketball. Phenomenal talent. One, Honestly, one of the pound-for-pound pound best players ever. I don't care what anybody says. But everything else outweighs it to me. He's too much of a liability... And I wouldn't want him on my team. I wouldn't start a franchise with them. Forget it. I would pick James Harden for sure. Despite everything Harden brings to the table negatively. I'm getting a few stares here uh, across the room. Just for uh, FYI to the listeners. With everything involved. With Kyrie, with his vaccination. Uh, Harden with his strippers. And, 
and the likes. If I was to start a franchise today, I'd be taking Kyrie Irving purely and simply that man had won a championship. James Harden hadn't done that yet. Wow. Okay. You you have to factor in the LeBron factor. Like, okay, I understand Chris Paul versus that LeBron. That man helped win a championship. He ain't defending James nobody. James Harden hasn't done James Harden that isn't yet. defending anyone anyway either. Anyway. I like the LeBron factor you brought up, but that's I'm actually shocked that you said that. But we'll take it. Moving on. Um, shock and awe. I've shock got a good awe. one here. Shock and awe. Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons? Oh. Ben Simmons. Even though I've just said Kyrie Irving over James Harding, I'd be taking Ben Simmons. Why? Ben Simmons, as as drama-filled as it has been... I don't see that to, continuing. To, exactly. Exactly. that, And that that's my point entirely. That ain't going to continue. It will eventually stop. And I know that his dad has been in his ear a fair bit. I hope so. Uh, about pulling his head out of his anus. <laughs> Uh, Good call. And now that he's been traded, he's got to put up and shut up. He's playing with a former MVP. He's got the team, the roster, the GM. He's got the city. He's got the girls. He's got the car. He got everything that Ben Simmons wants materialistically and physically as to go along with now, I'm not quite sure of the word, the team and, and everything around him. He got no excuses now. I agree. And even though I just said Kyrie over James Harden for my various reasons, I'm still taking Ben Simmons because he will make everybody else around him better. If, if it is my franchise, I'm going to pay him $10 million and I'm going to say you get your extra $20 million if you if you go with this shooting coach. Conditional contract, wow. And, and he can make his $30 million, but he has to be with this shooting coach and we are going to... Because you think the comparison between him and LeBron was they were going to be the like one and one one a and one b but lebron learned how to shoot he could shoot simmons, out of the box simmons just can't shoot like this is my entire thing if simmons could shoot we we would say a superstar he'd be mvp race you would not Absolutely. you would start your franchise with him you know top five choice it would be easy but the dude can't shoot and the dude won't shoot and that's the element that i still think i'd go Kyrie. You wow. look at, you're looking over here at me. Oh, I, mean, I, I feel no, like you have no, something to say. No, 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 I was no, going to say my piece earlier on in the part in the podcast. I won't revisit it. I want to make it clear from my point of view, Ben Simmons, I agree, can shoot. We've seen him shoot the ball and make threes, and it looks all right. His form looks fine. He just doesn't shoot. That's the thing you said. That's the problem. Is there's a reluctance? There's a fear of missing, or it's confidence. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I would still pick Ben Simmons regardless. I think the rest of his game is just too hard to ignore. Yeah, that's right, Josh. That's He's right. too complete. Host, yeah, that's right. He's too complete. I, I want to see him succeed. Don't get me wrong. Me too. But I don't want him on my franchise. Fair enough. Next. You'd rather have James Harden. No comment. This is a bit of a, a bit of a gear shift here. John Wall or Russell Westbrook? <sighs> okay, same to you, comment. Josh's comment. Are we putting the diva everything stat padding westbrook and the injured john wall or are we just going now right now start a franchise you wouldn't want to pick either but i i understand that but john wall or russell westbrook i'm going westbrook john wall if if you start a franchise you get no you get crap pieces around him what where does westbrook thrive he's he's you put him crap pieces around him he's gonna score 20 30 points He's going to somehow drag a team to maybe an eight seed. Like, he's going to miss layups. He's going to brick threes. He's going to do everything. John Wall, I've I've been watching Houston games. They won, they haven't played him. But two, he's through injury protocol. He's not playing any back-to-backs. He's getting rested a whole lot. You so aren't... is Clay Thompson. Yeah, okay. Are you, take... you going to compare John Wall and Clay Thompson? No. So that's my thing. No, right no, now, just... one of one player is playing and one player is not, and I think that was our um, James Harden versus I guess Ben it's Simmons. Like apples to oranges, McKenzie, isn't it? Those two, I think I would pick John Wall. Honestly, you're uh, starting your franchise. Drama. Dead set. I think Look, he's just not like okay. Russell Westbrook is West... toxic. Period. Okay, I. If you're okay, 
let me be clear. I actually kind of agree with that to a certain degree. If you're 100% in on that opinion, I'm about 50% in because Westbrook needs the situation to be perfect around him. And we haven't seen that. I don't know if we ever will. He's a very he's going to go down with a very Iverson-like career in that he was spectacular. He was a cultural icon for Stat his pad. intensity and his uh, passion and his, I guess, his his intention to always be himself and very stubborn but he's not going to win any championships i don't think so in that regard to start a franchise i think john wall's a better choice he's a point guard he doesn't have the success he has an injury history unfortunately but we're not going to see him taking terrible shots we're not going to see him taking did you not see any washington games forcing things yeah he was throwing he was throwing himself a thousand miles an hour at anything and just throwing the ball and giving like this was him and JaVale McGee they literally <laughs> this is yeah no 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 don't get me wrong I'm just saying you're starting your franchise you're starting the Vancouver Grizzlies where you don't get a top six pick you need someone to put bums in seats you need someone to generate money he's gonna John be Moore an awesome do that. no West- John Wall could Dougie Westbrook <laughs> could win and this is where I'm at. I don't think either is an awesome choice. That's the problem. This is like Trump and Hillary. Um, <laughs> oh, let's not go political. Now. I'm not going to go super political. My lord, that's a tough one. But I just think if you're legitimately wanting to f- start a successful basketball team, the fr- I should phrase the franchise thing about putting bums in seats. That's a great point. Westbrook's going to draw more attention than John Wall. John Wall's been off the radar for a couple years now, but the team is going to be better off with John Wall as your point guard than Russell Westbrook. That's all I'll say. So why isn't it happening with my Houston Rockets? Because they don't want him to I play. I know. They, they want, want him to stupid sit. thing. We've, we've, we've already discussed They want the young guys They want develop. the young guys to develop. That's, that's why Stephen Silas so is if, there. Is, we've, we've been down Why is he not coaching them? Why is he not... If they could afford him? to pay out John Wall... They would. They would. Because he'd be playing on Miami right now. If anybody Whether he'd could. be same with Victor Oladipo, they're just waiting their time. Victor Oladipo will come back and he'll just go and he'll give you bang bang and then he'll sit and then he'll give you bang bang and then he'll sit. John Wall, I believe next year, I believe they'll either try and get rid of him or pay him out. They'll do some, they'll do something. They'll trade him. They will do something. John Wall probably get another year, maybe two left in him. He'll just give you little forty-four games a year, bang bang, bang bang. He'll, he, John Wall will do something. Is this like Russell an attempt? Westbrook? No, no. Russell Westbrook will keep doing his thing for probably another three years but he won't be with the Lakers I, he I, will opt in yes it's, but he won't be with the Lakers it's T-Mac with the Spurs It John Wall is not going to help anyone else he's and too injured he's your, too broken get that word out of your mouth you wash your mouth out with soap I, I like his I would like to see him return to the NBA and give it one last chance yes I hope he gets the chance yes um, okay next one Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis Oh, I'm I'm picking AD. I I hate Cat. He is. He can say he's the best three point champion. He can say whatever he wants. Newly crowned three point champion, 2022. But I have I that man could not defend a plastic bag in the wind. He is quite literally. And and to be fair, a plastic bag in the wind is difficult to grab. But I take your point. In AD. You think about the amount of chances that the Pelicans had to try and put any sort of competent team. His best team was when he had, I think it was either Drew Holiday and then he had... Rondo. Like, 2018 yeah. playoffs, I think you're talking about. And, and, then, and then they had a busted up Cousins. You, th- oh, yeah. you think those two, with not much else, like... And I understand both injury history or whatever, but I just can't put, like, I don't know. You don't think they're in the same category? I don't think. AD's ceiling was so much higher than Cats. And where the Cats wilting away in, you know, like, it's just, I don't feel that they're on the same. Like, whether you go injury, because AD's currently injured. He He's went down with injured. He, he went down with an ankle injury. So currently, right now, he isn't. So, yeah, AD is always injured. But you get a dominant center beside him, or you get a better team, a better organization around him, because it's my organization. I'm I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah. We're gonna strengthen those angles. Okay, Joel. I might put my foot in it here a little bit with my comment that I made before about uh, Kyrie winning a championship and uh, James Harden maybe not. 
AD's won a championship. Cat, I don't think he might get half close. We've had discussions. D'Lo, <laughs> please. Could be better. Could be worse. If they kept Jimmy Butler and had Anthony Dave, uh, Anthony Edwards, and Cat, uh, maybe. That's um, that's a massive like maybe. I, I, I appreciate what you what you're trying to say, but th- they wouldn't have had the chance to get Edwards. I don't think if they kept Butler. Butler but, hated hated that entire organization. Yeah, I know. He I hated know. the way it was going and the way it was we, run. We, you were talking hypotheticals. Come okay. on, I mean, okay. good dream. My apologies. Okay. Right. Continue. I would say, uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Davis, but I also love Towns and his shooting and his rebounding his size and versatility, but Davis's defense is transcendent. He's been one of the best defensive players of the in the entire league since he came into the NBA. And I don't know, he's just one of the best options you can have if you switch him onto a guard or if you need him to defend the paint. We saw it in the bubble, his defense was incredible. And Towns has never showed any real interest in defense from what I've seen. So I think it's actually not as difficult a choice as I thought initially. Davis. Yeah, I'd be saying Davis too. Okay. But uh, I do love Cat. Okay. Phil would be very, very happy that I mentioned the Timberwolves just quietly. Okay. Right now, I, this is again to reiterate, right now with everything in consideration, extracurricular stuff, play on the court, age, Steph Curry or LeBron James? Start a franchise right now. That's your question, Yes. Right now, 37-year-old LeBron and 33-year-old Curry, I think he is. Curry. I, 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 no, no, actually, LeBron, just. It's tough, isn't it? I have, I have some really good points to make. I just want to hear you guys' thoughts. I think LeBron, depending on whether he wants, like, he's year 19 now. You can see him in a reduced role playing for facility to a much younger players three-point shooters maybe even coming off the bench oh, you can see that ain't no, never happening but you you can oh, see no. curry <laughs> spotting up in a corner playing limited minutes as well like his dad did it like, at the late stage well his entire career really but yeah possibly i think and then this comes back to it size will always win out and so lebron being the bionicle you know version of himself I'd, I'd want him on my team because I feel like you can build uh, other pieces around him whereas Curry has limitations not so much limitations because he can do so many phenomenal things but almost I don't want my first option to be my point guard okay very traditional it, look at things and, and yeah, yeah what about you what are your thoughts well I'll say so I listened to a podcast recently where they compared the two and they wanted to say, they wanted to basically figure out who has made a bigger impact on the NBA in the last 25 years. Stephen Curry. Okay. Now the, the definition of making an impact is up for debate, making an impact on the court or making an impact for player empowerment, like LeBron did making an impact for business outside of basketball. Like, yeah, you can, that's kind of subjective. But what I was going to say was, what I've noticed recently is that when players join a LeBron James team, aside from maybe Davis, I just think when you're when LeBron James is your number one player, the inherent pressure to win immediately is almost suffocating. Versus Curry, as a leader, is not it's not even close in terms of pressure. There is some pressure because a lot of people have been saying Curry's getting older, we need to help him win before he gets old and he isn't the same player anymore and his impact decreases but when you're looking at starting a franchise and you want your leader to be x i might take stephen curry because he's a humble player he's an unselfish player and he's a spectacular individual player all wrapped into one whereas lebron brings these weird intangibles to the table that not everybody can deal with whereas curry is going to include everybody along the same lines as tim duncan where your franchise is going to, like, everything trickles down from the top. Curry makes everybody better. LeBron, you could argue, makes other people better. But there's also these factors and the subliminal messages on Twitter and the, the business side of it and the inherent pressure, like I said, to, to win and to just be the best team. 
That's how I feel about it. I would take Curry over the two. Yuli, he'd be again. He'd be rolling over right now. He'd and I love jumping up and down because he's a massive LeBron fan. I'm one of the biggest LeBron fans you'll find. Honestly, through his whole career, I've couldn't wait for him to win the championship. When he did in 2012, I was very happy for him. And then repeating the next year was even better. LeBron ain't no Jordan. Wow, that'll be another podcast. But I would take Curry. And that is ne- not to say anything. His phenomenal play has almost shifted the entire NBA to now a three-point shooting. Like, so slashing, cutting guards are now expected, or big men, if your four, four is not a stretch four, it's going to be much harder for your guards to get to the hole. And therefore, if they don't get to the hole, their three-point shooting is also going to be limited as well. Yeah. But I still feel like, even with all the intangibles right now, I still think, like a LeBron team, that expectation is they're going to win the championship. Steph Curry may not have that same, he's going to win a championship every single year, regardless of who he has around him. The one other point, sorry, before I cut you off, Joel, sorry. With LeBron's teams, again, he never is going to get the blame if the team's not performing well. He's almost like exempt somehow. And yet... That's what you have to deal with. Like, Kevin Love has talked about this before. When he came to Cleveland, he had to accept the third role, the third best player role on the team. And Chris Bosh did it extremely well in Miami. But Kevin Love didn't come to terms with it the same at the same speed and with the same um, efficiency, I guess you could say. And it was probably very difficult for him mentally because you have to take the pressure of being... Like, people will put you into this category of not good enough if the LeBron team's not winning. And it's never LeBron's fault. Everybody else has to live up to his standards for winning a championship. And that's what I don't want necessarily as a starting a franchise type of player. Okay. And I'm just going to... I want to say the... Did LeBron beat uh, the 73 and... He did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He did beat that team. There were some factors in there. That's true. But they also won the year previous. I know uh, Irving and Love were injured. But like... You can look at it a lot of different ways. It's a good point, though. Stupid Kelly Olenek. <laughs> yeah, Canadians are the worst. Whoa. <laughs> Throwing yourself under the bus there. Uh, I've never been a massive fan of LeBron. What? I always thought he was overhyped. Um, talent-wise, he's a gun. He always has been, always will be. Business-wise, the man is very smart. He has got a massive future ahead of him, especially with his sons. Um, he will always be making money from his name and luck and strikes to the day we die. We could go into it in, in a thousand, thousand factors, but your question was, who would you start a franchise with right now in 2022? And the answer has to be, team-wise, basketball-wise, and it's Steph Curry. That man has changed this game that we all love to play and love to talk about in many, many, many ways on the court from kids that are five to men who are 55. He has changed the game immensely. That's the thing. Now, every kid you see wants to fire up threes. We're not going to name any names. I know you have some in your head. I know you probably do as well. There are some players nowadays in the NBA that are doing the same thing, where they're just firing up. I think LaMelo has a bit of that Curry effect going sometimes, for better or worse. He is a good player. But yeah, the impact thing, both of them have made a huge impact, but it seems like Curry is swept. Everybody agrees, Curry? Right now, in the 90s, I'd be taking LeBron James every day of the week. Every single day of the week. His monetary value, yeah. his team uh, toughness, grit. I could go on and on and on. You know, talking about you know Jordan and Gatorade, just an example, as in sponsorship wise. Uh, LeBron's on a billion dollar deal. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. But nineties, LeBron all day. Mackenzie's question was, "Who would you start a franchise with right now in twenty twenty two? And and my I once again I understand Curry is probably gonna be with your franchise longer he's going to help out he's going to facilitate there's multiple factors for for me I still can't go past LeBron 
Like, oh, I thought you had picked Curry. My no, bad. No, My bad. I, I picked LeBron. He okay. changed. I gotcha. No, we'll, I, we'll I, go back and we'll we'll see what I I thought I remember you saying Curry. It's okay. I think I said LeBron. He you're, did K Curry, and then he changed his mind. You're you're allowed You'll to hear it when you edited this. Last second, last one: Giannis or Kevin Durant. See, you made a Joel made a face there, and then he he made another face, going, "Oh, it's not actually that easy to pick, is it?" No, I, I believe it's not. Uh, again, back to my statement by thinking about who would you start a franchise with right here, right now. Anton's gonna love me for this, Giannis. Okay, it's tough. I would pick KD. I love KD. I don't like his Twitter antics. I don't like that he's <laughs> he's not um, he's not the forceful personality that I would want to start the franchise. But he lets his game do the talking, and there's nobody in NBA history that is more likely to score two points than Kevin Durant. To me, the game is about scoring at the end of the day, and Durant can do a Whoa. lot of other things. But Durant's a certified bucket, and he takes a slight edge over Giannis for me. Even at the age difference. Durant's 31 or 32. Giannis is 25, 26. The end, your question was, who would you start a, a franchise with right here, right now? KD. Multiple, multiple factors involved, both sides. I, I have positives for both. The answer to your question is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Josh? KD, but the margin is is so slim. Like exactly. a like Giannis I scored disagree. I don't disagree Giannis scored 50 in the playoffs and willed his team to beat not only Atlanta like Atlanta but to then go on and absolutely rout a very good Phoenix Suns team with yeah. a lot of good pieces KD almost beat that Milwaukee team and they with, both got rings so we can't use with, that as a with you know spare parts and junk like <laughs> And so I, I'm, I'm just gonna say KD because him. If you give him the ball on a free throw line, extended free throw line, he's that that ball is going in the hoop. Yeah. There was an old saying we were taught back when we were playing basketball together when we were juniors, Josh. What was the old saying? Defense you, wins championships. Defense wins championships. Well, I mean, the objective of the game is to Jordan, score more. Pippen, Magic, Magic wasn't LeBron. much of a defender. I agree with that. Magic had James Worthy. Magic had Wilt. Yeah. Magic had those. LeBron. I don't think Magic had, had Wilt. Chris Bosh. He had Giannis Haslam. Defense wins championship. Did I'll you say, not see? I would give an edge in intensity and passion. Oh, well, not passion. I'd give an, an edge in intensity Whoa. to Giannis. But Durant, to me, is like an undeniable... It's a tough choice. Look, just like all these others. In a small ball death lineup, he played a lot of center and was blocking quite a few shots. He led the league in shots blocked for a couple couple months. 100 possessions. It's a tough choice. You're not losing out regardless of who you you start your franchise with right now. That's what it feels like, yeah. Okay, last one. And I think this one will inflame some discussion for sure. Here we go. Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic? Joel Embiid. Okay. Even with the injuries, even with anything taking involved, I'm not being biased or anything like that. With you know, going back to the personality thing with Giannis and KD, whatever the case may be, Joel Embiid, taking into consideration bums and seats, personality, all that business, I'm only only <clears throat> Joel Embiid. He'll win MVP this year, and he'll be on the same par as Nikola Jokic. Nah, I'm going Jokic. The building pieces that you want for your franchise, Jokic can still give you 20 points. He can shoot from range. He's got a great post-up game. Hey, I take nothing away from the man. Oh, no. Embiid, with his injury history, you don't know if he is one wrong step away from being out for two seasons. And so, if you're nodding Jokic, going on over here from the host, just quietly, you can put another star alongside Jokic, and I think, regardless of whether that star is a facilitating one or whether they're a a score first, you're going to get some cohesion. I think, with like Jimmy Butler, you know, ragged on quite a few of those guys in <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, 
And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler's the be-all and end-all, but I'm saying that there can be that, not not even sense immaturity, but that I, I, I would, just with injuries as well as both players somewhat similar, I'm going Jokic because I feel like it, I can put a second star alongside him. Yeah, at the end of the day, to me, the, the main make-or-break point is the injury history and how well his career, the player's career is going to age. Jokic seems like he won't ever get injured because he just runs up the floor at like half speed and it, it doesn't matter like he's he could run the point he can have the ball on the break running the fast break and he's going to find guys ahead his his court vision is like unlike anything I've seen since maybe LeBron um, I would pick Jokic definitely and it's actually a fairly large margin because of the injury history I love Embiid's yep, yep. game I love the way he can overpower you he can finesse you with jump shots he can also dribble fairly well and run the point somehow he's been playing a lot of point guard this year which has been funny to watch but every time he does that i worry he's going to break his knee on a fast break because he's putting so much strain doing euro steps as a seven foot one guy weighing nearly 300 pounds i don't like to see it as much as i also like to watch it and enjoy watching it it looks like a car crash about to happen all the time. It's like a Ferrari going 200 kilometers. I'd rather get from point A to point B with Jokic in my Honda Civic. Hey, I don't disagree with either of you. I agree with what you're saying. I don't disagree at all. I'm just, that's just, I guess, there's a little bit of personal bias there, I guess you could say. It's the only thing that'd sway me. The only thing that can sway me is personal bias. <laughs> that's the that's where we draw the line. Now, this last segment is called Quiz Time. Great name, I know. Um, all right, first question. Who's the oldest player in the NBA? Currently, as we speak. Udonis Haslam? I think it is Adonis Haslam. Correct. Did nice he... work. He is uh, 41, 41 years yeah. old. I was going to say Nene's... No, but he, he's gone. Yeah. Who is the youngest player in the NBA? Giddy. No, Giddy was the youngest to get a triple double, but I'm going to say Giddy again. Jolie. Do 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 do. I think it is Josh Giddy. I, I I'm led to believe it is Josh Giddy. The answer is not Josh Giddy, but Josh Giddy is just two months older than the youngest player. So Josh Giddy is the second youngest. Oh, the please. youngest player in the NBA is a Canadian product, Joshua Primo for the Spurs. Oh, what yeah. a good name. Two I months. Know, great Joshua's. Two Primo. Months. No, I was thinking the last name. Two months. Yeah, he is Primo. Every Josh I know is Primo. Lord um, have mercy. Okay. Next question. What three active players are in the top 10 list for most three-pointers made. NBA history. Active. All right. Steph Curry. Yep. Has LeBron scored that? That's a layup, Steph Curry. I'm going to go... Clay Thompson. Nope. No, I'm going to go James Harden. That's one of them, yep. And I'm going to say LeBron. That's my third. Okay, so you've got three. You've got... Was that? Did you say Harden or no? No, but I'll say Harden. Okay, so you got Curry and Harden. And I said Thompson. We're doing this by committee. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. So... Because you kind of swayed <laughs> me a little bit with with so Giddy. The answer is Curry, James Harden, and Damian Lillard are Ooh. in the top 10. Dang now, time. I had a, a bonus points question if you can name number 11. And it's LeBron James. It, so I, I don't know if I can... Yeah, I couldn't ask you that question, Joel. Sorry. No. But no. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron is going to be in the top ten of almost every list. It seems like he's, yeah, he will. he's very close to number two on the scoring list. And that's why everybody says he's the greatest player ever. But hey, we could sit here and discuss that too. That'll be a hell of a podcast. Oh my lord, who's got six hours in the day? Jesus. Okay, so Michael to that Jordan point, quietly. stay. Actually, we'll stick around with LeBron. He is less than five hundred points away from second all time on the scoring list. Can you name the two players ahead of him? And the two players directly after him. I can name See, you. it's Karl Malone. Karl Malone and, is um, one. Ab- and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is above. Yep. yep. Below him. Below 
It's actually not that hard. That's your hint. <laughs> okay, I'm um, Kobe. And Sh no, Shaq didn't score that many. I'm, I'm going to say Kobe is one of them. And do you reckon he'd be like some super old? I feel like Wilt's much further down. And I don't think Dirk... I think one is Oscar Robinson and the other one is Kobe Bryant. One of them is Kobe Bryant. You guys are correct there. The other one, I'll give you guys a chance to think about this one. Not too long, but you're you're overlooking somebody. Pretty pretty important player in NBA Nin history. 90s? Tim Duncan. No, Tim... Tim oh, wasn't scored for... Yeah, no. Alan, I think Hakeem wasn't that... So, sorry, let's just recap here. Number one, Kareem. Number two, yeah. Karl Malone. Number three, LeBron, about to be number two. Number four is Kobe. And number five. So think about who did Kobe pass in his last it, season? I think it was his last season. Was it Reggie Miller? No, no. no Reggie... It wasn't Wilt. Nope. Because Wilt's like 31,000, I think. Wasn't Magic Johnson? No, Wilt's top talk. like seven or something. But wasn't Magic Johnson Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, because he's number one. Number one. It's, wasn't like Moses Malone. This is a big name you're overlooking. See, I, I, I think I said Shaq, but I don't think like. But, okay, another. I'll just give you. I was going to say that was the only <laughs> hint before, but this is literally like one of the most important players ever. Oh, MJ. MJ. Oh my goodness. Ding, ding, ding. What are we doing? Are we even let's let's scrap the entire podcast yeah, right there. How did we home. miss that? Oh, let's go home. I was sitting there thinking how long is it going to take? Well, that's going to do it for the Macroball podcast. Thank you for joining and uh, look forward to the next episode. Until then, bye now. <laughs>